What up, what up, my people? I got a few questions um, from someone in the DM. I don't actually have her name handy, but I want to shout you out. I hope you're listening to this. You asked me to talk about hiring and keeping staff and running a salon and things like that. And then uh, one of my students, Herworth Nails, H-U-R-W-O-R-T-H Nails, she's out in Vancouver, Canada. She also asked me, can you please talk about how it is to be like an actual working manicurist and doing nails in the salon and in the salon that you own and how do you kind of manage and work through all of that and that kind of stuff. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit and I'm going to get to a few practical solutions, but I think I'll probably tackle that um, next podcast where I actually talk about the actual practical solutions. But for now, I want to talk about this because so many people... You know that I'm talking with in the DM on I have free consultation calls if you want to just check out you know how I can help you sign up for that a 20-minute call just DM me and I'll send you a link and then you know you could sign up right for a one-on-one or coaching or a class anything like that but either any way I can help you if you have money if you don't if you want to invest you don't I still want to be able to help you can always just DM me as well on Instagram or email me nausezone at gmail.com but here's the thing when it comes to salon ownership and operation now a lot of people that I'm talking to they also say oh my dream you know my end goal is to own a salon and you know the salon is there making money and I'm out and about doing my life and all that kind of stuff I I don't think that you cannot not do that that is a complete possibility but I want to talk about in this Um, podcast of really just how difficult that is right so that you don't feel that you're crazy or or you know why can't I make this work all right Uh, I had a woman DM me today and say that she just opened a salon she left her private suite now she opened a salon and she's feeling really frustrated and and disgruntled and wants to know how to keep staff how to get staff how to do all that and she already wants to go back to her salon suite after one month so that might be the right move for her or it might be the right move to stick with it you know it's just been a month and build out and and get people to work there but i i'm gonna meet with her and be open and honest because here's the thing i want to be really open and honest if you know who i am and what i have done on paper right on paper it would seem as if everything is lined up that i should have a salon in every major city in america right i'm known in in most cities, I'm known for nails. Why don't I have a salon? And why aren't I hiring 10 or 12 people to work at those salons? And it's because that's not the route for me, nor do I want to do that, because it is really, really, really hard and really, really, really murderous to try to get and keep a good staff. There's been a handful of people I've talked to, and they've been able to do it. You know, Poochie Nails is one of them, where they've been able to keep a good staff. Uh, Mindy Hardy, um, for a bit, but there's still a lot of headaches. You know, there's a lot of headaches with with doing that so i just first want to be open and honest i consult for women you know that get a lot of money in divorce settlement and they're like i want to open a nail salon and you know they have all these great ideas it's going to be a bling bar we're going to have these kind of chairs and these curtains it's going to be so amazing and it really will be they tell me all this stuff one woman even had it broken down to the cent which i really like of how much each service would cost because she knew how much the Ardwood sticks cost how much you know it's a fraction of a penny for a piece of cotton like she had all this because she was a numbers woman and I said all this is well and good ma'am but 
who it was called the two brown-eyed girls but who will work at this salon and that place had a good run though too but when I first met with her you know it wasn't even built yet and I said who will work at this salon you know a lot of people that aren't in the industry and then even people that are in the industry will think oh well you know just you know managers like they need a place to work right I'm going to provide them a place to work and it's like we're a wild bunch you know we're the wild wild west the creative professionals beauty professionals manicurists you know, especially with the onset of Instagram, everyone wants to get out of school and then be like, I'm going to open up my own salon suite. I'm going to work from home. Without really getting any more proper training or proper mentor. And that's because there aren't really a lot of salons for people to go to work at to learn more. So then, you know, you are kind of, in essence, sometimes stuck on your own to work from home and all that. But I would like to try to change that because there's a lot of people... Um, that are giving back and teaching so that you can work under someone for a number of years and then you move on to a salon suite and then you move on to your own place. But this is for me talking with the owners that already own something that can't keep staff or for people thinking that they want to go and get staff. Okay, there's a number of things here. <clears throat> it's really hard to keep people because everyone wants to leave, everyone wants to be on Instagram. You know, when I was coming up, it's like, you didn't give your personal information out to the clients that came to the salon. The salon, in essence, owned them. And if the people wanted to come with you when you left, okay, you would do that. And you would make the decision whether you want to contact all your people once you leave if you're making commission. And that kind of is not with integrity. But we're in a different playing field here now with Instagram because clients want to say, give me your Instagram. And then they have direct access and contact you right then and there. So a couple things in getting and keeping staff okay one is I already told you it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done and it may or may not work out right it's just so you know you're going into a, a sea of people that aren't actually looking for longevity like hey I want to work here for the next 10 years that's why I would suggest when you're when you're interviewing people you don't need the young flying flashy people that are all popping on Instagram and are going to leave you in a heartbeat you want the people that I had that work in my staff where were women that had old school husbands that really paid all the bills and did stuff and they had this job and this job was to pay for their cell phone bill their you know groceries and some other fun things so they were what would be called like worker bees they wanted to come five days a week do manicures and leave and not really think about it they weren't thinking about oh i gotta pop off on instagram or i want to go fly to paris fashion week i want to do all that those are the people mostly that you want to have in your salon working right and then yeah you do want to sprinkle here and there of the people that can do the flashy instagram art uh, the flashy things like that there's a couple other options you know number two is are we going to do commission are they on um you know hourly paid or are they booth renters all of those people you still have to manage because they're working in your business so booth renters you know they can come and go as they please they can have their area they can bring their own pools and stuff commission people and employees where you're paying by the hour you have a little bit more um say so and things like that right so where can you find these people right you could be advertising all over the place you know all over indeed in your local paper if i were you what i would do the i hired three of my main apprentices right from school actually two of them I met and then I sent them to school I didn't pay for their schooling I had them go to school and while they were in school they would come to my salon on the weekends or when they weren't working to sweep to be my assistant to remove gel polish to do all that and get the flow and the feel of a salon and the clients I would 
suggest doing that making friends with the people at the local beauty schools if you have beauty schools in your area or you know contacting the school and, and offering your time say I would love to be a guest speaker and speak there and then speak to the teacher and let them know what it is you're looking for and that teacher can be have the eye out for the right personality because really what you're looking for when you interview people is the right personality more so than the nails you can train anyone how to do nails but what I'm seeing is I've already went over that it's really really hard to get and keep people right like that's that's a no-brainer otherwise I would have a whole eight eight or ten salons throughout the US and if I were to do that what I would do is and I might do it later on in life and I would open up a pedicure place only because that's really what I like to do and I see that a lot of people don't want to do that and most people um, you know, need good places to get pedicures because you're still going to the in and out shop. I would open that and I would have to have a school, a main hub school that they go through my schooling program and then that schooling program then houses the people into those jobs. Like it gives direct jobs because it really is tough. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to blow smoke here and I'm also not trying to down your dreams. I'm just letting you know, it's the toughest thing. That woman that I told you that had all the service break, broke down, I told her it's going to be murder. She kind of was like, eh. Two weeks later, she interviewed about 30 people. <clears throat> she couldn't believe what she saw. And I said, I told you that. She said that. And she came from like, um, she was a florist before. So she did a lot of events with a lot of uh, Persian and Armenian people here in LA, like with these extravagant, um, really over the top, weddings and that kind of stuff right um opulence for sure so she was working in that field and then she comes here and then she said she could not believe you know the two weeks that she spent interviewing people people coming with chipped nails broken nails sweatpants hair all askew you know um this kind of stuff these are these are the people that are showing up to be interviewed for you right it's really the wild wild west when it comes to um, nail students and nail people um, in the very beginning. I had a, a person come to my salon to be interviewed and she had pigtails, no problem. But the thing is she had, a, her neck was going all askew, letting me know, I've been doing this for 12 years and I've been doing this for 12 years. And what I was saying inside, you know, I didn't say it to her, but what I would say inside is like, with all this attitude and trying to prove for me that you do this for 12 years, why are you coming to my salon for, to work for 40% commission? Think about that, right? I can already, so that you can already tell and start to listen out to crazy folks. If they're coming there and really boasting in a way that's not just professional to let you know, I've been doing this for 12 years. I'm like, okay. So in 12 years, you haven't figured out how to be able to do something um, on your own or to be able to pay rent somewhere for these clients if you've amassed for 12 years or you're coming to me to get 40% because that's what I was giving people commission. I wasn't giving 50, I give 40. And I, you get 50% if you bring in your own clientele. I teach you how to market. If you bring in someone, you get 50% for that person. But for me, it's 40%. I'm buying the toilet paper. I'm buying all the cleaning supplies. I'm doing all this. And I know that that, in a lot of realms, that doesn't work. But that's how I was trained. Out of school, I made 35% commission in exchange for getting training and then worked my way up. Those are old school methods. But hey, they work because I'm still in the business 20 years later. A lot of other people are falling off because they get out of school, they open a salon suite, they don't know how to get clients, and then now they're out of business and they work at Amazon. I don't want that to happen. So this is for uh, Her Worth Nails and the other woman that said, please, please talk to me about staff. So here's the thing about, now you do have a little bit of staff in there, how to how to manage these people and keep them going. Number one, you, you treat them as adults, but you know that they're not gonna be acting like adults, right? Meaning you can't just give the benefit of the doubt or like, well, what, what happened? I left for three days. Why is it not clean? Why is it not this? Because 
you know, they're not functional adults just yet. A lot of people in the beauty industry are creative people, people that need to do work on themselves but have not. And I am one of them. I have done the work though. I've been in therapy for 12 years. A lot of us come from very traumatic backgrounds, a lot of PSD, a lot of abuse. So then when you get a bunch of people around and trying to do things, everyone's all hyped up like, ah, 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 right? So there needs to be very clear, simple instructions, simple systems, simple opening and closing procedures. Many of us are not good at uh, setting up those systems nor implementing them, but it really is important that you give very crystal clear guidelines to creative types. And then you have to constantly enforce it, okay? Yes, now I have the opening and closing procedures done, but they're still not sweeping. So there needs to be clear procedures and systems that are written and shown and that they're there at the salon so they can see and something that they sign so you could always bring it back to them and say hey you know you know we signed this thing and I just want to go over is there any way that we could you know make sure that this does get done before the end of the night is there any way that I can help you get it done right that's the manager's job it's always the way how can I help you even though you as the owner and the manager you're really stressed and you're like just get this done but it doesn't work that way. It's it's like you have children. If you have two employees, four employees, five employees, this is a full-fledged children until they move up to the point where they can relate to you as an adult. But it's your job to relate to them as an adult, but in the back of your mind as the owner, no, I'm gonna have to guide them as children for a while until we get to the point of like adult, adult. So if you're listening to this and maybe you have adult children, that's what is supposed to happen in a normal relationship, right? You have your child at six, child, mother. Child 13, child, mother. Child gets to be like 21, 23. It's like, okay, now it can be, you know, adult to adult, even though you're still guiding that young adult. So what happens a lot of times with our staff is that we want to become friendly, friendly, right? And it's there's no problem with becoming friends, having staff meetings, going out with these people, but you have to ultimately really make it clear that this is a professional relationship. And it confuses them too much if you're going out and having all this fun, if the boss lady energy is not already there. They already don't know, okay, yeah, but ultimately you are my boss, but yeah, we can have fun together. And that's what happens people start the boss the people that are owning the salons and getting the staff try to become too friendly too nice or i feel bad too friendly too nice and too assuming it's assuming oh well, i thought that they would know how to do that no i'm training someone right now more on the inside of my business like the online stuff like the technical stuff and all the computer stuff that i really suck at i'm not good but i ultimately have to train this person how to do this stuff first before we go into it so I know how hard it is to try to build a system and try to you know every day I'm like come on just get it done just get it done but I really haven't given them clear instructions because it's hard for me to get out the instructions of what I want especially when I'm talking about all this you know technology and not nail stuff so I get it it's not an easy thing but there is this book and I'm gonna give a couple quotes from it but if you want to check it out it's really important it's on audiobook too it's called herding tigers h-e-r-d-i-n-g herding tigers and it's uh, the tagline is be the leader that creative people need okay and there's a lot of myths when it comes to creative people right so creative people you think oh well they want total freedom like there's your station you rent it and you know do as you want and come and go as you please and then you know there's another thing that you know that the creative people only care how cool the idea is but not really the results like, oh, okay we're gonna do these bling nails okay great 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 but they're not caring about well how much money will it bring in that kind of stuff and then 
the, the, the part about wanting total freedom, right? Is that's what we think uh, the creatives want. And they do. But what creative people really need, so anyone that you're hiring from here on out, what they actually need is something that you probably lack. Because I definitely lacked this when I was the owner of a salon and trying to run a staff, right? But I learned a lot through the way. You may lack stability, right? You might lack stability and systems. And that's what the creative types actually really, really need. That's what they're looking for you for. They actually are looking for a very stable and structured place, even if they don't follow it. If you can get a creative person to say, hey, here's the structure of how we open the salon. Here's the structure of how we close it. Here's the structure of how we do a basic manicure. Here's the structure of how we do a pedicure. And then you have to kind of manage them and ride them for back, lack of better words for about two to three months you know when you get a new job somewhere you usually get a 90-day trial period so you give this person 90 days and you keep meeting with them and you keep checking in monthly okay how are we doing what you know how can we speed up your pedicure process these are the things but you can't what what we do is because we're so stressed we have all kind of other stuff going on we want to tell them how to do it once and that's that they should know they should remember I'm guaranteeing you they won't. I've been in the training sphere for about 12 years. I've been trained and I train others. It is going to take a minimum, listen to me, a minimum of 10 to 12 times for you to tell someone how to do it, for you to show someone how to do it, and for all these meetings in between, 10 or 12 times for them to actually cross over the hump and actually really get it the way that you intended it if your instructions are clear. So take that into account. It's going to take 10 or 12 times for anyone to do anything, you know, that you're training them with. Okay. The other thing is something that we lack in the beauty business is systems. You know, this is something that I had to grow into and I'm not even fully there yet with all the online stuff that I'm doing, but having systems will really help and it will help not only you, but it'll help the people that work for you. Okay. So we have the systems, we have the training, the other thing is, and I'll, I'll break these down into more detail, especially if you're listening and you have even more questions or you're like, oh, I like that, but can you touch on this more? You know, just DM me or, or email me. The other thing is that we're really lacking is what I talked about with going out and being friendly and doing all this is boundaries. Many beautiful professionals don't have boundaries with themselves. You don't have an eating schedule. You don't have a sleeping schedule. You're running all around. You don't have boundaries with yourself, first and foremost. Then you don't have boundaries with how you interact with other people. You know, entertaining men that say they're going to do one thing and don't unconsistent men and, you know, all this kind of stuff or your children saying you're going to do this, but then not doing it. Boundaries, right? So you don't have that already most likely with your own self because if you did, then you would be able to set very clear boundaries with your staff. Now, if you feel like you have it with yourself and you need a little bit of help of, okay, but how do I be the boss and set boundaries? Boundaries would be keeping all your personal and professional information to yourself, right? Not sharing it with the staff, not sharing with the staff. Oh my God, like we're not doing that good with the numbers. You know, uh, I hope we make our rent. Like don't share that with them. These are the people that are looking to you like for, Hey, I want to work here for longevity. So having boundaries with how you can be friendly with these people and be a team leader, but also be, what did I just say? Team leader. You are the leader. You're leading these people, right? So another way that we don't have boundaries is, <clears throat> We don't have proper training systems. We hire someone and we just think, okay, well, they're here and they're going to work, right? 
No, I just told you it's gonna take 10 or 12 times for the simplest thing. Hey, when you're done with this dirty implement, put it in this little box right here. And then when that box is, you know what I mean? Like these little simple things, you're like, why is it sitting in the sink? Why? Because you have to constantly keep reminding. And then you might get frustrated and be like, oh, I'm just gonna do it myself, I don't wanna talk to them. Sometimes I get like that, I don't wanna relate or I feel like if I do say it, I'm, I'm gonna say it too angrily. That's why it's important for you to set boundaries and systems for yourself, meaning, okay, we hire Mary, Mary is going to need training, and then after the two-week mark, we'll check in with her again on the training. Show me what you do. Show me how you open and close. Show me how you do your service, okay? Then at another month, we'll have a review. Then in another month, we'll have a review, and then in another month, we have a review. And you have these on the calendar, so they're set there for you. And you can maybe have weekly meetings, right, or weekly team meetings where you can hold all of your stuff and say it then. Or if there's something where you could say, hey, ladies, I just want to let you know um, there's a couple dirty implements in the sink. I understand if it got busy, but let's just all try to stay to protocol because if state board were to walk in, it can't be there. It needs to be in the dirty bin. Like, And it, I'm telling you, if you don't have the patience or the stomach for this, it might not be for you because, it, like I told you, it's going to take 10 to 12 times. It's like the running joke, you know, I never really... Um, uh, had a man or live with a man but get into it right but you know women and I would always like women friends and I would always hear comedians say oh yeah you know men would be like if there's a hamper there they throw the dirty socks and stuff right next to the hamper like they can't get it in the hamper <laughs> so you just have to think this is exactly how people are that are going to be working for you but I think I'm going to end here just I just want to kind of give you an overview I know I did give you specific things but I gave you enough overview so you can actually see what it is you might be doing right what you might need some improvements with but for sure across the board I can probably guarantee you it's going to be systems protocols and boundaries now if you're like hey but I have the system I have the protocol they just don't follow it okay ultimately I mean there is no fault finding here right but ultimately I'm just for words sake ultimately that is your responsibility hey, I have the systems and I have the protocol and I let them know they're just not following it, then you as the leader need to remember what I said. It's going to take 10 or 12 times. Now, if it's at the 15th or the 20th time where it's something that you have, are continually readdressing re with them after, like I told you, it's going to take 10 or 12 times of telling them. So don't don't be marketing demerits if it's in the 10 or 12 time because that is a known thing. It takes 10 or 12 times for someone to really be able to implement exactly what it is you trained them and showed them, right? So now we're at the 15th, the 20th, the 25th time. You're on a daily basis saying, hey, you still didn't make it to that dirty bin. Then you got to escalate it up. And this should all be in your systems handbook. You escalate it up to, um, you know, we've talked about this a number of times. You know, I've, I've asked you a number of times with anything I can help you with. Um, you know, if there isn't, then, you know, whatever the next step is in you, if there's a write-up or, you know, if we can't, you know, can, let's give you a, like another 30 days to be able to try to work this out. And then if you can't, then we'll have another discussion about it. That kind of stuff. There all, it has to be systems for all this because everyone doesn't learn the same. Certain people learn with showing. Certain people learn with written. Um, and most of us creatives learn with looking, right? Looking. So if you have systems and stuff, it would be best if you have them written down and then you show them the written. They sign the written. Then you visually walk them through whatever it is that you showed them. Then have them visually walk you through it so that you know that you understand it. And then, then we're on the same page. Now we'll see, you know, we give them those 10 or 12 times to actually um, implement it. But all of these things all really fall on you. There's not, there's not gonna be any dream pile of amazing people that are gonna follow your direction and do everything you want. Because remember what I said, easily, lots of people ask me, are you hiring? Do you, like, I'll work for you, I do this. And because there's already an energy of boss ladiness, we might not have to go through that. But lo and behold, I, I would 
you know, it's, it's, it's hard to staff a place. Otherwise, I would have that. So I hope that this helped just at least to ease you and open your eyes to some options of what needs to happen. And if you are um, a salon owner or you're going to be opening one and you have a staff, please get with me first so that we can help implement some things. Because lots of people hire two or three people, then they leave, take all their clients, steal their products, do all this, and then they're like, okay, now I just want to work on myself only. Right? But certain people are meant to be leaders. Certain people are meant to be a salon owner and be the mother hand and help people. And if there is anyone on here that's listening that has a successful salon and a successful staff and things like that, please reach out to me and uh, you know we can meet and get some pointers and then I can share that uh, with the people here on the podcast or maybe you and I can even do a podcast together because it'd be really good to hear from people that are successfully doing it present day and see what is working for them and what doesn't. Um, so that would be really helpful. So you can find me if this is your first time here uh, on Instagram. It's the underscore Naja, N-A-J-A. I have a podcast. Well, that's this, all, all Things Naja. So please share that and let people know they can get free gems weekly. You can reach me on email, najazone at gmail.com. Uh, and then my website is najanailguru.com. I have a lot of, um, a lot of online classes um, on pricing, on confident on confident building on marketing i just released an ebook called the 55 places to market your beauty business so if you or you know anyone that's struggling for clients uh you know even if they're not doing nails just anyone that needs paying clients even photographers stylists this book will help because it gives you the play-by-play of what to do for each of these places so i hope that this did help uh the people wanting to own a salon um don't get discouraged if you hear this and be like, oh never mind i don't want to maybe it's not for you maybe it is um but reach out to me i'd love to help and if you have any ideas on podcast topics that you would love for me to talk about please let me know because that's how i do this all right ciao peeps see you next time